Hey everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about getting back on track in 2024. So when we want to kick off the new year, a lot of times people think they need to start on January 1st. And a lot of times what happens is they find, yeah, they can get maybe get one day into it, maybe two days into it. And now they're off track. So we want to talk about how to get back on track 2024 for real, like actually back on track so you can get the weight loss results you're looking for. And so the secret here really, I think, is about setting proper expectations. I think the idea that you're going to come off of three, four, five weeks minimum of kind of crappy holiday eating and living and lifestyle and maybe drinking and then just magically one day pop into being perfect is kind of crazy when you look at it that way. And so if you're expecting that's what you're going to do and then it doesn't happen and then you blame yourself for it, you're going to feel really discouraged and you're going to be way, way, way off track. So a lot of how we get back on track starts with how we're thinking about it. And so what we want to do is we want to set ourselves up for success. And the way we do that primarily is we shift our expectations from looking to be perfect with everything to looking to be better with everything. And so again, I like to think of the first week or two of 2024, the first week or two of any year as kind of this re-entry week where you're kind of getting back to normal. And it's a transition period, you know, which when you take a step back and think about it, probably makes more sense, right? If again, you were been in holiday mode for a few weeks to just instantly go back's hard, but to slowly transition to back to where you wanna be, is a lot more strategic and intelligent and is probably going to work a lot better for you. So again, right off the bat, we're kind of shifting the goalposts a little bit. We're, we're shifting what we're aiming after. And um, once we do this, again, now we set ourselves up for success because it's a much more accurate goal and we're much more likely to hit it. Now, I understand this is going to take a little bit of patience because again, in the back of your mind, the reason you want to kick it off on January 1st, you want to start losing weight. Right? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all or nothing. Right? I'm going to do it perfectly and I'm going to do everything right so that scale starts going down. Um, and again, that would be great if we could do it, but most people can't stick to a perfect plan, especially after being in holiday mode. So getting back on track, in my opinion, first starts with reframing and coming up with a better strategy, which is a transitional strategy. And so, you know, here we are a couple days into 2024 and we can just look at the results you've gotten so far. If you are still on a perfect path, from January 1st to now, then you keep doing that, okay? I'm not gonna convince you, I, I don't want you to stop. You just keep doing that. Remember me if you do get off track. But if you're like the majority of people that I know, you're already off track. You're already off keto plan. You're already off your intermittent fasting. Whatever your plan is, you're already off it. And so please listen to me because there's another alternative. Because the last thing in the world you wanna do is be off track and feeling like, oh, I already blew 2024, three, four days into the year, all right? And so you always have this opportunity to start over um, and get back on the right track, but we wanna do it strategically, systematically, we make it simple. And the way you do that is you look for small wins. Um, so obviously we'll start with eating because eating is one of the key things, obviously it's gonna impact your weight, but instead of changing all of your eating all at once, what you can do is use the worst and first strategy, which is to focus on your worst eating habit, the worst eating habit that shows up multiple times a week at a minimum, and you focus on that. Maybe it's snacking at night, overeating at dinner, um, eating too much in the afternoon, whatever it may be. You isolate your focus on that thing and you work on making it better. And some days you'll do great with it, some days you'll kind of backslide a little bit, that's normal. But what you're looking to do is to create the strategies that allow you to succeed, the mindset that really anticipates your success, and you keep practicing being the person you wanna be. 
And if you focus on that one worst habit for a couple weeks, a couple months, what you will find is after that time, you now have the strategies, the mindset, the anticipation, expectations of success, and your results are gonna be a lot better. And it feels comfortable. And then once you get to that point, then you move to the next worst eating strategy that you have, or the worst eating habit that you have. So the first part of that is that simultaneously, if you're really ambitious, is you can also simultaneously work on your first eating habit of the day, um, which maybe, you know, again, we'll call it breakfast, but it might be lunch for you. If you're intermittent faster, it might be noon when you start eating. But whatever your first meal of the day typically is, this one you work to make as nourishing and nutrient dense as possible. And so you look to optimize your first meal of the day. You look to you know, reduce, replace, remove your worst eating habit of the day. And that's your goal right? <laughs> in terms of eating. Um, underneath that, what we'd like to do is we also want to start focusing on our lifestyle strategies. Okay. So again, I don't want to overwhelm you here, right? I'm all about practicality. I'm all about real results, not some magical plan that's going to change everything in a day. And so the lifestyle habits you can choose from in order of importance, in my opinion, are sleep, hydration, relaxation, breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. And so you pick one or two of these things and you focus on improving those. And so you see, what we're doing is we're breaking the weight loss process down into pieces. And when you break big things down into pieces, your chances of success go way up and it doesn't feel so overwhelming, okay? So the, the beauty of if you wanted to start a plan on January 1st and you tried and you're already off it, the, the gift from that experience is to realize that you can't change everything all at once. It's too overwhelming. That's why you didn't stick with it. You got overwhelmed. And so when we break things down into smaller pieces, it's a lot easier and it's a lot more comfortable to make that change, all right? And that is the path I would suggest you use to get back on track for 2024 so you make the best year in terms of your weight and your health that you've ever experienced. So I wish you the best with this. Um, if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I will um, do my best to answer them. If again, I never know. TikTok, I scroll through a million things to get to any questions, if there are any <laughs> so far. Uh, where are we at? I don't want to miss anyone if anyone asked anything. Um, yeah, Hannah says, how to quiet the mind about thinking about food. So I love this question because all of a sudden the world's on this one, right? All of a sudden the big, the buzzword this year will be food noise, folks, okay? That'll be the buzzword because that's the word that everyone, all of a sudden th that's going to be the new phrase because that's what Ozempic and Manjaro want you to think. Well, Govi, they all want you to think food noise. That's, that's the marketing phrase they're going to use to get you to take that medicine, okay? I've been thinking about food noise for 30 years, right? I'm a hypnotist. So what is food noise? Food noise is your nonstop automatic thinking about food. Why do you have so much food noise? Because you're exposed to a thousand food ads a day. <laughs> you know, there's a thousand food triggers a day in your life. Every time you drive by a McDonald's, every time you drive by your favorite donut shop, you're thinking about those foods. And so we, you have to understand you have this old evolved biology and mind in a brand new environment. And you have not learned how to upgrade your mindset to deal with the new environment you're in. And so, yeah, of course we have a lot of food noise because we're constantly being inundated with marketing that puts food noise into our head. <laughs> and we add that on top of now our own personal um, desires and cravings for these different foods. So yeah, food noise is a real thing, but I can promise you that taking medicine is not the only way to deal with food noise. 
Okay? So you're going to hear a lot of food noise. A lot of food noise. That is going to be the phrase of the year. You heard it here first. If you haven't heard about food noise yet, you will promise you, all you will be thinking about with your weight by the end of this year is food noise. And the only way you'll think there is to solve it is to take this medicine. Now, people in my program and myself know I believe the only way to truly deal with the food noise is to start to understand how to run your own mind. What is the food noise? Well, it's when you're constantly thinking about what you're going to eat. I've been there. I know what it's like, right? We all know what it's like because we're all living on Temptation Island and we're all food addicts to some degree. That's the case. So how do we deal with food noise? Well, you got to replace it with something else. You need to come up with mental strategies for how you want to think about things, okay? So... The first thing is awareness, right? Awareness is always the first step of change. And so I'm glad the word food noise is coming out here. It pisses me off that it's always going to be linked with these medications because, again, I've been showing and training with myself initially, and then I've been doing this for 20 years. I've worked with over 5,000 private clients um, you know, to, to, to help them change how they think about food. Um, I don't mean 5,000 private clients. I mean 5,000 um, private sessions. And so... Yeah, learning how to run your own mind and think about food to me is the number one thing that's going to impact your weight. Okay. And again, it pisses me off. I, I get this gets me triggered because, um, you know, basically what we're talking about food noise is just another synonym for mindset. Okay. And so now all of a sudden, mindset's going to be co opted by the, the fucking drugs. <laughs> and it, it makes me crazy because I've been dealing with mindset for 30 years. Because once you have control of your mindset and you can influence how you think about food, you don't need those drugs. I'm not saying it's the easiest process in the world, but I'm saying it's absolutely possible. And so all of a sudden now you're realizing, holy shit, I think about food all the time. Yeah. And you have no way to deal with it. Why? Because all you've ever learned to use to change your behaviors is willpower. You've never gone to the source of what's causing the behaviors in the first place, which is your thinking, your mindset. It's generating all of your behaviors. And so how do you think about, how do you quiet the mind about food? You don't quiet the mind about food. You change the mind about how it thinks about food, right? Let's make that clear. And so again, even the drugs, it's a temporary thing, folks. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not, it's, it's, it's quieting the, the food noise while you're taking the medication, but it's not solving the problem. It's not solving how you change about the food. That's the long-term real solution is to change the way that you think about the food, not to just stop it. Okay, and how we change the way we think about food, the simplest thing I'll give you, and there's a number of ways to do it, but the biggest one I'll give you is this, that when you subconsciously think about food, what you've been conditioned to do is to think about the anticipation and the consumption of it, right? There's three food phases. There's anticipation, consumption, consequence. And through millions of food ads in your life that you've seen, you have been conditioned to think about the anticipation of the food and the consumption of the food. Every single food ad is the food coming towards you, opening the packaging up, getting ready to eat it, and then the person taking the first bite of it. You never see the empty package, the empty plate, the person sitting on the sofa full. You never see the consequence of it. So if you wanna change the way you're thinking about food, the most powerful thing you can do is train yourself to stop thinking just about the anticipation and consumption of the food and to start focusing on the consequence of the food, not the consequence of the weight gain. Because I heard you already. You said, but Jim, I know the food makes me overweight and I always say that to myself and I still eat it. Yeah, because the weight gain's too far in the future. It doesn't mean anything. You have to start focusing on the consequence that exists two to five minutes after you finish eating. And it's not just the physical consequence. The more important thing is the mental, emotional consequence that exists every single time 
that you eat. I will going to give you an example, actually. I'm thinking about this because I just went through this with a client the other day. And we went through the exact consequences they felt when they drank wine and snacked on a work night. And the consequences they said they felt when they did that was, I feel foggy, overwhelmed, angry at myself, critical of my looks, I feel hopeless, I get blue, and I get into a negative rut. Every time they want to lose weight, they want to be healthier, every time they make the wrong food decision, what they consider to be the wrong food decision for the goal they want to achieve, they feel foggy, overwhelmed, angry at themselves, critical of their looks, feeling hopeless, they get blue and sad, and they feel like they're in a negative rut. Do you not experience something like that after you finish the pizza, the cookies, the ice cream, the bullshit? Every time? You do. But you may not realize it because you either do one of two things. You either, oh, I'm never going to do that again. You ignore it. Or you start beating yourself up. And beating yourself up is not connecting to the consequences. It's just going to your disassociated mode of you're a bad person, you bad person, you shouldn't have done that. Okay? So when you stop just focusing, now again, it's just because everything's good and bad. So this is a great strategy to use when you have the ice cream craving. Oh, I want to have some Ben and Jerry's. What you're doing subconsciously and what you've been doing your whole life, the food noise that's naturally going on is you are thinking, hmm, it would be really good to get my favorite Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I can't wait to eat it. That's what you're thinking. And that thought process is cranking up the cravings for it. And now it's up to your willpower to fight against those increased cravings. How's that working out for you? Okay, so how do we change the food noise? We start asking the question, how, I feel like having some ice cream. I want some Ben and Jerry's. Okay, I know it's good, but how will I feel two minutes, five minutes after I finish eating it? Mm, uh, I feel kind of, now again, as you practice this, right? Let's just say you're this person. How do I feel after I finish it? You're in that moment. Should I get it? Should I not get it? I feel foggy. I feel overwhelmed. I feel angry at myself, critical of my looks. I feel hopeless. I get blue. I get a negative rut. As soon as you realize that is the reality that's just, just waiting for you on the other side of that food, that brings the cravings down. And now you don't need so much willpower to say no to it. The cravings already went down and now it's easier to make a better choice. But you're not doing any of this. You're subconsciously cranking up your cravings because that's what you've been conditioned to do by the food industry. And so this is the food noise that's going on. And if you think the only solution to that is to take a pill, then I wish you the best, okay? But if you are a person who wants to resolve this at the core, once and for all, then you have got to learn how to run your own mind. It ain't rocket science. You just never learned any of this. So that's how I deal about food and thinking it. <laughs> and that's what I've done. And that's what I've helped my clients do. So again, it works. You know, the food noise. Oh, I got that term. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, well, let me see. If you guys got any questions, feel free to ask them. I know I went a little on that one. That, that, that whole thing gets me all, all worked up. Keep accidentally inviting people to this live. Okay, well, someone, Neely says, people are getting weight after going off Ozempic, et cetera, problems never solved. Yeah, exactly. And it's an expensive-ass expensive ass drug, right? I mean, it's $1,000, $2,000. We don't know what the hell it does to you long-term. It's a temporary, it's a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid on gunshot wound. It's not really solving the problem, you know? So again, I, I'm here to be supportive. So if you're on it, again, I'm not... We, we all do what we do, okay? So I'm still here to be supportive. I've had people in the program on these medications learning how to deal with it genuinely as well, and I respect that. Um, I, I respect everyone. I'm here to help anyone. But but again, my, my feeling is that it's not really a solution. It, it's more of a Band-Aid for a little while. Um, Hart and Wire says, what's a reasonable weight loss goal per month um, for 30 pounds? Well, you might not like what I'm going to say. I, I will tell you, 
and this is true for my, I lost 50 pounds and, and I did it 30 years ago. I've maintained the same weight for 30 years at one blip. And so uh, you should listen to me because <laughs> all you listen to are people that drastically lose weight and then end up ultimately putting it back on. And so for me, the goal is not to lose weight. The goal is to get to my goal weight and live the rest of my life at my goal weight. And I would suggest you adopt this goal as well because the truth is you don't just want to lose weight. You want to live at your goal weight. The distinction is is tremendous. One's short-term, one's long-term. And so I don't give a shit how fast the weight comes off. I really, I didn't and I don't. Um, I mean, I'm at my weight now, but I didn't even when I was losing it. What I was focused on is the process. How can I master my weight? And to master your weight, you have to master your eating and your lifestyle. And so I never focused on how fast the weight was going to come off. I focused on what I was doing and was it sustainable? Was I, was it increasing the quality of my life? Was I feeling better? Did I think I could keep this up? Okay. And so that was the big difference. So I don't know what's a reasonable amount. I don't know. It depends, right? It's contextual. It's relative to what you have to do to lose it. Right. So what's reasonable? Well, it depends. People lose weight at different rates too, by the way. Okay. Some people lose weight quickly. Some people lose weight slowly. So what if you lose weight slowly? Maybe a reasonable weight's three pounds a month. <gasps> Gasp, right? But what if you, so you want to lose 30 pounds, right? Three pounds a month. Next year at this time, you're at your goal and you did it in a sustainable way where now you have a solid foundation and you're living that way for the rest of your life. Who gives a shit whether it took 10 months or 10 weeks, really? What's the difference? As long as you're moving towards your goal in a way where you're building a foundation so you can live at this weight for the rest of your life, who gives a shit how long it takes? You gotta get out of that mindset. You're always chasing, and I'm not picking you out personally, but dieters in general are always chasing the fastest weight loss. I get, I get we're all impatient, but you've got to take a step back from your weight loss experience and realize that chasing the fastest weight loss is the number one reason why you are not losing any weight and have not mastered your weight in 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And so you don't have to believe me, but just remember what I said. And so if next year at this time, you're back again at the same, okay, this is the year, new year, new me, same shit again, doesn't work. The next year, doesn't work. And then you look at what you keep trying to do. It's extreme things. I'm going to start my keto plan tomorrow. I'm going to start my number fasting tomorrow. I'm going to start my no sugar tomorrow. You know, whatever your extreme plan is, that you're trying to jump in on day one and be perfect. You're not able to sustain it because it's too extreme. It's too overwhelming to you. And the reason you're doing that extreme plan is because you're so impatient. You just want fast results. So again, managing your patience, your expectations, and realizing that you're not looking to just lose weight. You're looking to live at your goal weight. That's the real goal here. Okay. So again, who cares how long it takes? You know, it just, it just doesn't matter. And we can argue about that if we want. Let's go at it. You know, let's talk about it if anyone doesn't, because what is your rush? Because again, it's, it's just, it's, 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 it doesn't make any sense to be so impatient when you've been struggling for so long. I understand being impatient the first year or two you were trying to lose weight, but how can you still be so impatient 10, 20, 30 years into the process of not achieving it? You know what I mean? Like, what is your rush anymore? How long has it been? <laughs> Calm down and just take it slow. You're going to get much better results. Um, what's up, Shamala? Hello, thank you for today's session. Food noise is something I deal with even though I'm healthier now. The advertisement world, I try to replace my meals so I can fight the temptation. Yeah, again, it's, it's about having strategies. You know, um, I was doing a coaching call yesterday and the person was saying that, that in my mind, I believe I got to eat less and I got to be really hungry in order to lose weight. You do not. You do not. The secret to losing weight is to do it comfortably. The secret to losing weight while feeling satisfied and not hungry is calorie density. If you do not know calorie density, go look it up. 
It is the holy grail of weight loss. Once you understand calorie density, you understand how to lose weight while feeling satisfied. And that's the secret because you're not going to lose weight starving yourself. When you're really hungry, you know what you're ultimately going to do? You're going to eat. <laughs> you know, you can't fight every cell of your being. You can't fight your entire nervous system. No way. You know, so you can't fight against your hunger. You have to manage it. That's the key thing. Um, Rita says, how do we distract ourselves from late night cravings? Um, I wouldn't, I, 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 distraction is a piece of the puzzle. But the first thing I look at when it comes to the late night um, situation is I'm looking to manage my hunger. So I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll put a lot of things I'm talking about into one specific example here. So that was my big first challenge I had to deal with is late night eating. And so the first thing I did when I want to stop eating at night, one strategy I have a couple of them I used is I started eating more at dinner. I started eating more at dinner. I'd stuff myself more so I felt extra full going into the evening. And I can already hear what you're saying. You're saying, but how you're not going to lose weight, Jim? Yeah, not at first, but the first step I need to do, I've been snacking at night for 10 years. So the first thing I got to do is just, can I just get one night where I don't eat at night? That's the first goal I had. <laughs> I just going to get one night just to see what it feels like. I know conceptually what it's like, but let me experience one night. And so then I got that. And so I don't give a shit if I don't lose weight initially. I just want to get through a night where I don't eat. And if I eat a lot at dinner and I go into the evening feeling full, it's easier. You see? So again, when we have a longer term time frame, we can break things down into phases instead of just trying to do it all at once. Okay? So the first thing I'd suggest is not distraction. I would manage my hunger. I would make sure that I was satisfied moving into the evening. Okay? And then I would use the, the three R's, right? Reduce, replace, remove. Okay. Um, that, that's what I'm thinking. And so you don't have to just remove. <laughs> I know that's what you want to do, right? You want to distract yourself and not eat at night. That's what you want to do because you want fast results, but that's the hardest plan. Again, if you can do it sometimes or you can do it for a while, great, but realize once you can't do it, that you have two other options and they're really, they're a lot better than doing nothing. Okay. And that's reduce or replace. So again, reduce is you can still eat at night, but just eat less of whatever you're eating. And then replace is obviously you can eat at night, but eat something healthier or lower calorie. Okay. And then we, we weave all three of those things together and we, there's other strategies as well, but, but this is what I would do. I wouldn't just try and distract myself. I would go into it with a more robust strategy. And again, there's a lot more things. What I would suggest for everyone here, if you're not in my world, um, is go to my bio, um, and there's a link there to get a hypnosis session. Uh, click that link, get the hypnosis session I give you. It's free, okay? It's called The New Thin Me, and it'll allow you to experience a calm, relaxed state where you get to clarify and connect to your ideal self. It's very motivating. That's what it's designed for. It's about 10 minutes. And so that'll help you, first of all. Um, but then the most important thing is I send you a training, three steps to master your weight. You really ought to watch the training right? Because I share the entire system and approach I use. It's about a half hour, but it's a completely different approach to mastering your weight than, you're, than you know right now, okay? And then I email you every day. I email you good stuff. So please go check that out if you haven't done that yet. Um, what's up, Jody? Oh, happy Friday, right? Thank God for this Friday. <laughs> this week has been, oh my goodness. This week's always hard, right? Because life's relative, you know, so it might be the, the typical week you normally have, but it seems harder because you've just been in vacation mode for or va holiday mode for a while, you know? And so um, this week, a lot of times feels harder. Certainly did to me. <laughs> thank God it was a four day week, you know, and thank God it's Friday. Um, but yeah, it's just felt harder because it's, it's all the same stuff. But again, everything's relative from where we're coming from. So if you're all feeling like that, you're not alone. Um, but up here in New England, I don't know where people are from, but um, I'm up in New England. I'm in Massachusetts, but everyone's all excited. We got our first big snowstorm this weekend, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, 
got me like a little kid. Every, everyone up here gets so excited because there's literally there's no no snow all year. It's it's weird and it sucks, but so I'm excited about that. Um, what's someone saying? Let me see. I see someone said these questions sometimes are so hard to see. Jack Lyon says gained after keto. Yeah, of course, everyone gains after keto. Listen, the big the big dark secret of keto is that no one sticks to it long term. It has very low success. I mean, all diets have extremely low long-term success rates, but keto especially. It's it's not that keto. Not, it's not that you won't lose weight with keto. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the weight you want to lose. You know, to be honest. But um, the bigger issue, either way, is that people have a hard time staying on the plan. You know, and then as soon as they go off it, they put the weight back on. Again, let me just give you the talk here. Because this, you've got to change the way you're thinking. You're, the biggest thing impacting your weight is your mindset. It's the number one thing impacting your weight is your mindset. Way more important than your genetics, your lifestyle, your environment, all of it. It's your, it is your insulin resistance, your menopause, all of it. Your mindset is the number one thing impacting your weight. And the first thing you need to change is your goal. The goal, you need to shift your goal from wanting to lose weight. You don't want to lose weight. You've lost weight. Here you go, Jacqueline, right? You've lost weight on keto. Are you happy that you lost the weight or are you mad that you put it back on after you stopped? Where's your head usually at? Are you usually celebrating your success that you achieved when you did it and you lost the weight? Or is your mind more focused on how you're pissed off that you put the weight back on and you're frustrated about it, right? We all know this feeling. So to change this, you have got to stop focusing on weight loss because when we focus on weight loss, what we subconsciously do is we think the goal is to lose the weight. The finish line is our goal body. That ain't your finish line, folks. That's not your finish line. If that was your finish line, you'd be happy you lost weight in keto and you'd just be moving forward with your life and just everything's great. But you're not because the real goal is not to lose weight. It's to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. You have got to start articulating a better goal for yourself. Losing weight is the main goal is a fucking horrible goal. I don't know how much clearer I can make it. It's subconsciously an impoverished, shitty goal. And at this point, you've been trying to lose weight for so long and you failed so many times that now on top of it, being a shitty goal from the beginning anyways, now it's an extra shitty goal because you associate it with failure and frustration and pain and depression and sadness and all these horrible negative emotions. So the first way out of that is to start reframing the goal. Let go of weight loss. Just kick it and just boop, gone. I don't want to just lose weight. I want to master my weight. I want to get to my goal weight and I want to live the rest of my life at my goal weight on near autopilot. But Jim, how would I do that? Well, you got to figure that out. <laughs> but once you figure it out, that's the goal you want. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, so, and by the way, that just takes a completely different strategy than weight loss, right? Because when your goal is just losing weight, then your brain starts saying, okay, well, whatever. Just tell me what to do. Uh, water fast, uh, keto, uh, uh, just tell me what to do. I'll do it. I'll do anything. I just want to lose the weight. Then you do some crazy shit. But this is the best case scenario, by the way. Best case scenario, you do some crazy shit, you lose the weight, and then what do you do? You can't do the crazy shit forever. And then you put the weight all back on. And you just, what do you, cycle through that? Oh my God, it's depressing. So when you make the goal, I want to get to my goal weight and live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on your autopilot, all of a sudden, keto doesn't seem like a very good strategy for that goal. Nope. You know, like, like 1,200 calories doesn't seem like a very good strategy for that goal. You need to come up with different strategies, strategies that are more sustainable, more balanced, more calm, um, ones that you can live with that make you feel better. So it sets you up for success right from the beginning. You know, But I feel bad. I know because I know you did a lot of work on the keto and you lost the weight and then you put it all back on. It, it's, God, that, 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 
it, it hurts me when I, because I, I know how much work it takes to lose weight, especially with these crazy plans. And then, like I always say this, but my clients, usually most people I've seen, they can't handle, the average I see is kind of like two, three times where you lose the weight and then put it back on. And what happens then is you really start to get in a tough spot. And this probably is where you're at now. I'm going to assume most people watching have probably lost weight and then put it back on a couple times. And now what you're dealing with is that you think about weight loss all day and night, but you do not, um, you, you do not do anything to actually make it happen. You think about weight loss all day long, but it never really happens. Right. And so, um, that's because subconsciously you associate dieting with failure. Cause you, you know what I mean? Cause even if you start losing weight, you think you're going to put it back on. And so now you can't even get your motiva- yourself motivated to do anything. And that's where you're stuck. I bet you think about weight loss all the time. You're never losing it. It's probably going up and you don't know why you're constantly thinking, what's wrong with me? How come I can't lose weight? What's going on? Da, 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 da. Well, starts with a goal. Your, your subconscious mind's literally saving you because it knows the diets don't work. It knows you don't want to do keto forever. There's, there's hope for you though. Okay. I don't want to sound so negative. Um, I'm, I'm negative on the diets. You know what I mean? I'm negative on that because it doesn't work. Why wouldn't I be negative about it? Let me just sit here and sell you a bunch of false hope bullshit. Diets don't work. It's, it's, it couldn't be any more proven. <laughs> We've had diets for 70 years. They don't work. It's estimated 82, 95% of people that lose weight on a diet, put it all back on. So what do you want me to say? You know, you know this, what's your numbers? What people around you, you see people thriving on diets long-term? Do you? Because I don't, <laughs> you know? So what's the solution? Well, my solution, program yourself then is built on the shoulders of people that lost weight and kept it off for at least two years. My program is built on the shoulders of people that have been successful. Successful with what you want. What you want, once again, is not to lose weight. It's to master your weight. So Gina says, what do you suggest? I suggest you change your mindset. So, okay, I call it the weight mastery pyramid, right? And I, and I put it this way to imply the importance of, of things in, in context. So the pyramid, the bottom level, the most important level is your mindset. The next level is your lifestyle. And then there's the eating strategies, okay? It's those three levels allow you to master your weight. You've never focused on the bottom two in any consistent way. You just do crazy eating strategies that you can do for a couple of weeks, a couple of days at this point. You know, and so what I suggest is you look for a more holistic, comprehensive approach to mastering your weight. And part of that has to be your mindset. Part of that is getting your lifestyle under control. And then part of that is getting an eating strategy that's customized to you that works for you so so that you can live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on your autopilot. That's what I suggest. But if you want more details, again, go to program yourself. Then you got, I give you a free hypnosis session. I give you a free training just to give you more detail. But I'm not going to go into the whole thing right now. Um, but go go watch the training. It's about 30 minutes and it'll break all that down for you it, with, with a lot of detail. And I show you how to program your subconscious mind. Because listen, folks, your weight is subconsciously oriented. You're a subconscious creature. You're a creature who is on autopilot most of your life. Your weight loss, is, your weight is dictated by your subconscious mind. You got to know this, right? Because don't. How do you explain, folks, that you know what you should and shouldn't eat? You know the ice cream is going to make you overweight. You want to lose weight, so why do you eat the ice cream? Right? Well, that's that's the core question. That you know what you should do, and then you don't do it, and you have no idea why. You think it's because you're a bad person. You don't have enough willpower. You have no idea this because your subconscious program is all screwed up. And until you change your subconscious programming, you're never going to change your weight long term. This is why, because how do you describe people that lose weight 
and then put it back on, right? They're proof that it's not their genetics, it's not their plan, and it's not their willpower because they lose the weight and then they put it back on. So what's, what, so what, how do we explain that? I mean, I know I explain it, but how, how do you explain that? What, their motivation disappears? As soon as they get to the goal, their motivation disappears? Maybe, you know? But again, I got a deeper explanation for it. But if you watch the training, I show you. Um, yes, I agree. I'm doing a whole food, whole food diet. I'm going to assume you, you mean, yeah. I think that's smart. See, that, now that's a mindset. Whole food diet is a mindset shift, right? Because what's happening when you, if you're going to do a whole food diet, let's say, right? Is you're changing the way you think about food. You're changing the meaning you give food when you start focusing on whole foods. Now, I don't think even a whole food diet's enough, by the way, because again, your mindset is a huge impact on your weight. So let's just talk about mindset real quick because you hear this a lot now. And I always say like, you've got to be careful of the mindset because mindset's a buzzword, lifestyle's a buzzword and get ready for 2024. The new buzzword is food noise. And so mindset because this shit drives me crazy. I'm just going to be honest. I get nuts with this because people talk about mindset. Almost every time I hear someone saying mindset, what they really mean is you got to have willpower. They're like, come on, man. You got to have the right mindset. You got to have the right mindset. Come on, come on. And it's that rah, rah bullshit stuff. In my world, mindset's six specific categories I take you through. Because in my program, it's the weight mastery blueprints. You know, So it's um, the mindset is the first blueprint we go through. It's the most important piece. The first one is motivation. Do you know how to motivate yourself? The answer is no. So you have to learn how to motivate yourself. We go through the questions to help you do that. The next thing is self-image. Your weight is a physical projection of your mental self. If you're overweight and you've been overweight for a while, it's because you think of yourself as an overweight person. And that needs to change. This is why weight mastery is an inside out process where you have to change the way you think about yourself. You cannot think of yourself as an overeater, a food addict, an overweight person, and then be thin for the rest of your life. No way. So that's got to be part of the process. The next step is your habits. Do you understand the strategic approach to changing your habits? Do you understand the neuroscience of habits? No. You've just been trying to use willpower to change it. Okay, so you need to understand them so that you can be more strategic with how you're implementing and changing bad habits. The next one is emotions. Do you not think being able to deal with emotions genuinely is going to affect your weight? <laughs> do you not think it's important to feel the emotions you want, to know how to do that, and to deal with the shitty emotions you don't want to feel without food? Do you not think that has anything to do with your weight? We're in a society where we've been conditioned to use food as the main emotional management strategy. Do you not think that you're going to have to get a handle on that if you're going to get a handle on your weight? I do. The next step is your is your literal thinking, how to think like a thin and healthy person. The literal questions you ask, the words you use, the way you think about food. You don't know how to do that. Once you do, put all these together, everything changes. You know, and then the final piece is maintenance. We start with maintenance in my program because that's the goal. What? How dare you say, I'll think about my maintenance when I get to my goal weight. How dare you? You just think you're going to get from day one to day two? Week one to week two, how are you doing this year? I, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but I, I'm trying to snap you out of the trance you're in because you say the same things to yourself all the time. And um, it's literally self-hypnosis, which gets to the core of what I help people with. Um, but you're literally self-hypnotizing yourself to be overweight and you don't realize it. And once you realize it, then you can truly change it. You know, there's a goal that exists that you don't even, you never even think about because your highest goal is you think you're going to have to struggle with a diet to be at the weight you want to be at the rest of your life. And you don't want that. You know, but there's a way higher goal, which is you reprogram your subconscious mind and you come up with strategies that are custom made for you so that you're able to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. That's the better goal, you know? Um, 
Yeah, Gina says it's an addiction. Once you eat the processed food, it's a cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Processed food is no doubt, um, it's an addiction. No doubt about it. Um, to giving your brain good directions was in the email you sent today. It's imperative to talk positive to yourself and see yourself as a healthier being. Shamala is talking about an email I send out. So just one more thing. Please go sign up for this freaking hypnosis session. Watch the training. And then I email you every day. Like real legit stuff. Like real helpful things. <laughs> so if you have any real genuine motivation to want to change your weight, like for real, like not just say it all the time, but actually want to change your weight, you go and get that, okay? I'll help you every day. And that's all just free stuff. I mean, if you're really serious, you know, you join the program and work with me, but, um, you know, even if you're just mildly serious, <laughs> go get the free stuff. See if it works for you, you know? Um, takes at least three days to curb the cravings, fill yourself with fruits and vegetables, protein, and some carbs, and drink lots of water. I agree, Gina. I, I, I agree with all that stuff completely. Um, Biscuit says, I'm trying to lose weight and be my best self, but I live with my mom and she eats junk food all day. Um, I told her I need a healthier environment, but she keeps bringing sugary foods and junk into the house. Yeah, tips. How do I stay on track? Biscuit, that, that's a hard situation, okay? So the truth is for all of us is we've all got, when we want to create this change in our, our behavior and in our body ultimately, we've all got challenges and solutions unique to us. And so we need to recognize what the challenges we're dealing with are. And then we need to come up with strategies to deal with it. So that's a challenging situation, no doubt about it. But even though, even though it's a challenging situation, you can still succeed, okay? So we gotta get out of the mindset of thinking, well, because you're in that situation, you can't change. It, it's harder, there's no doubt about it, but you can still change. And so what I want you to do is I want you to start focusing on the solutions and let go of the problems as much as possible. I guess we, we look at the problems, the junk food's coming in, the stuff's coming in, that's a challenge, but I want you as much as possible is get your brain over to the solutions. What can I do? How can I deal with, my mom brings in the sugary and junky foods, how can I deal with it so I'm not eating as much of it? As much of it at first, okay? Um, cutting it down, reduce, replace, remove. And so again, if you start focusing on the solutions, your brain will start finding more solutions. Right, And that's the process for all of us. We all have got our own unique challenges and we have to work through them. We have to figure out how can I resolve this? You know, I had the same thing. When I, when I, changed, when I was changing my thing, I lived at home and um, there, there was not, again, I, my mom was awesome, but, but there just, it wasn't that support. She just didn't think that way. You know what I mean? So it's like, I had to do that on my own. You know what I mean? And it's like, we, we look at it and we, we figure out strategies to deal with this stuff. You know, um, there's always challenges and, and there's, there's strengths and challenges. We all have them. And so we take stock of it and we keep focusing on the solution. How can I deal with this? And we keep growing and building and getting better at it. Okay. But you can do it. I know it's harder for you, but you can still do it. All right. Um, what's up, Kaz? Uh, how to be healthy when living with someone who attempts you? Just that one. Yeah. Move out because the temptations are real. Temptations are real. There's no doubt about it. But you know they may not be able to move out, right? So um, I, I get that too. You know, so you don't have to move out. What you have to do is you have to take control of your brain first, and you have to focus on solutions. I promise you, there are solutions that you have available to you. Okay. Um, Gina says artificial sugars kick cravings. They do the opposite to what they're supposed to do. They make crave more sugar. Yeah, absolutely true, everyone. Um, we know that. Yeah, the artificial sugars. They, they're, they're not, they may have less calories in them, but they trigger you to be overeating, you know? And they, they the, the worst thing about artificial sugars, in my opinion, is that they calibrate your taste to a hyper palatable, unnatural level, okay? So for example, you eat something with unnatural artificial sweeteners in it. Um, it's super sweet. It's completely unnatural and super sweet. And so you eat that and now all of a sudden you want to eat something natural, fruit, vegetable, green bean. Now all of a sudden that tastes bland and boring as hell 
compared to that artificial sweetener. So I'm I don't want artificial sweeteners because it 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 up levels my what, what I want for food. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that that's the reason I wouldn't do it. It, it. There's a and there's a lot more than that, but that's just a simple way to think about it. Um, so sick of dealing with being fat in constant pain and so depressed. Have to find a better way. Yeah, Gina. So go get this session I'm telling you about. I mean, that's at least a start. You know, something to do. And like I said, if you're really serious, get the program, and we work together to help you with that. You know. But yeah, I know you get sick of it, right? It's it's just that's why I do this for free. This is why this is a mission for me, because what you're putting in your mouth, see, like your weight, you've been conditioned by the diet industry to think about your weight in terms of how you look, you know. But you have to let that go a bit and realize the bigger the bigger issue here is how you feel, you know, and how long you're going to live. Because what you're putting in your mouth on a constant basis is probably the number one thing that's going to impact your your length, like how long you're alive for, and almost guaranteed to be one of the main things that's a fo focusing on um, your quality of life while you're alive. You know, kind of like this, right? So Gina's saying, I'm sick of feeling, being fat, I'm in constant pain and so depressed. You see? And that that's the addiction of food, right? Where we think that something that's causing us to feel in pain and depressed is actually really pleasurable. You know what I mean? Like that's the addiction trick, whether it doesn't matter what the subject, it could be alcohol, drugs, food. What it is, is as our brain thinks it's pleasurable, but when we zoom out a little bit, we say, holy shit, this is the main cause of pain in my life. And that's what the food's doing. This thing you think is so pleasurable and so great is literally probably the main, again, it depends on your situation, but for, for Gina, it's the thing that's causing her the most pain in her life. You see, so we need to reframe that again. It's, that's why it's a mindset thing. We need to see things more clearly, and that that's really helpful. You know, Jacqueline says gaining after weight loss is the worst thing ever. Yeah, it, it's it's devastating. It's devastating, and that's why most people can only do that a couple times before they get completely apathetic, and now they just don't believe. And, and this is the language they'll use. They'll say, no matter what I do, I can't lose weight, right? And now you're completely apathetic, completely powerless, completely hopeless. You know, um, and so that's why I'm, this is why I do this because again, my, my dad died at 54 of a heart attack. I was nine years old, you know? So again, it's about how long you're going to live and your quality of life while you're here. I want you to be the best version of yourself possible, which brings me to another point. I don't think losing weight. I don't think you wanting to lose weight and look better is enough motivation. How about that? As obsessed as you are with wanting to look better and that's why you want to lose weight. I don't think it's enough motivation. You want to argue about it because of how your results been. <laughs> when you're truly motivated, you you make things happen. You know, you're not motivated to lose weight. If you're if you're struggling to lose weight, you're overweight. You're not losing weight. I can almost guarantee it's because you're not motivated. Don't take that personally. You know, um, it's what I believe. Um, Gina says it's not me that said I depressed. No, I know that Gina. It's a different Gina actually. Yeah, it's a different Gina on a. On a um, I'm on a, a couple different, uh, I'm on like Instagram, TikTok and whatever. I stream to all of them. So yeah, it's not Eugene on Instagram. It was Gina on TikTok saying that. Um, is a slow metabolism a real thing? Uh, not in the way you think of it. You know, it, it's not, it, it's a minuscule minor pound difference, the slow metabolism thing. Now I think we use slow metabolism as a, almost like a phrase to describe other things. Because here's the thing, here's one thing I, I really want you to know is that your you know, when you look at weight studies where they take a group of people and they put them in a metabolic lab and they're tracking every calorie in, every calorie out, um, you'll notice that people lose weight at different rates. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's like 
you, you, they're, they're eating exactly the same thing. They're, they're losing the same thing. Let me just see something. Uh, yeah, they're eating the same thing and they're, they're putting out the same calories, uh, but they lose a lot of different weight, right? There's a big variation. I think this is very important to understand um, because people just lose weight at different rates. And, and this brings me to the point of, you know, even with the calorie calculators, um, you, you look at those and you get this idea of what you're going to lose. And then it's like the, the first time you don't hit that number you expected, you feel discouraged and frustrated. You know, now your chances of quitting go way up. So I think it's important to understand that um, the, the, the slow metabolism thing doesn't mean you can't lose weight. You might just lose a little bit slower than other people. Who gives a shit? Because if you look at this as a one-time process, I'm going to get to my goal weight and live the rest of my life there on near autopilot. It really doesn't matter how long it takes because you're not just, the goal is not just to lose weight. It is to create a way of thinking. What do I say? The mindset mastery pyramid. You're, you're creating a way of thinking, living, and eating that keeps you at your goal weight. So, so again, there's way more structure to it than just the dieting thing where you're just cutting calories as deep as you can to lose weight as fast as you can. That's not, a, that's not built to be long-term. You know? Um, Mushroom says it's because it's delicious. I quit, I quit asking why questions to how can I, because of you, Jim. Yeah, that's great, Paula. Yeah, Paul's in the program. So, so that's one of the big shifts. That, that's one of the big things I like to teach is that, so this gets into, um, so, so if you're even watching me right now, I, one, one thing I know about you is you're probably an overthinker, okay? Um, because th th I talk fast, I, I use a lot of concepts here. So again, I'm an overthinker and mo everyone I've ever worked with is pretty much an overthinker. You're probably an overthinker. You're probably a perfectionist to some degree, okay? And so what you do now when it comes to your weight, if, let me see if I can read your mind, right? Is that you're always thinking about weight loss, but you are always thinking about the problem of weight loss. Okay, and what I mean by that is it shows up this way. You're always asking like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I stick to a plan? Why can't I lose weight? Why, why can't I get myself to eat right? Why can't I exercise? Why can't I do this? Why, 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 why? And you're obsessed with trying to figure that question out because you think there's this, you have this big cognitive breakthrough and everything's gonna change, right? You've been asking these why questions. You've been fixated on the problem of why you can't eat right, why you can't lose weight for decades. <clears throat> and it hasn't worked and it's never gonna work. Because what you don't know is you don't understand, you don't understand your conscious subconscious mind dynamic. Your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives, right? Let me prove it to you. If I tell you, get ready, don't think about the word I'm going to say, okay? Don't think about the word banana. Don't think about the word banana. Don't think about the word, right? And so what are you thinking about? <laughs> You're thinking about a banana, but I told you not to think about it, but you had to think about it. Okay. So when you keep thinking about why do I keep overeating? Why do I keep eating the ice cream? Why can't I stop eating the cookies? You're literally keeping yourself fixated and focused on the things that are causing the problem in the first place. So your overthinking is not the problem. It's what you're overthinking and you're constantly overthinking the problems. You're, you're, which is another way to say, you don't, you don't understand this, but it's like you're, it's literally hypnosis. You are controlling your own weight because of what you're thinking in your head. This is where we get to the food noise. It ain't just food noise, folks. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I, I'm here to tell you, it's not just food noise. It's also the beliefs you have about yourself. It's the strategies you have. It's what you think you're going to do. It's who you think you are. It's what you think about food as well. Okay. But it's basically everything you're thinking in your head. That's what's making you the weight you're at. 
right? And so one of the big shifts you can make, the biggest shift I believe you can make mindset-wise is to let go of just focusing on the problems. We got to focus on a little bit, okay? No, no, I'm not saying never focus on the problems, but how about we balance it out a little bit? Because when's the last time you asked a question like this? How can I lose weight easily and comfortably? How can I get myself to eat more healthy in a natural and easy way? How can I make it fun to move more? How can I get back to my goal weight and enjoy the process? When the hell is the last time you asked a question like that? And I already know the answer. Never, never. I don't have time for that. I got to figure this problem out first, right? But what you don't realize is that problem is literally hypnosis that's just conditioning you to stay stuck as that same version of you doing the same shit you're doing. Okay. So as soon as you start over, so overthinking, it's like you're, you got a supercomputer brain, but you're running trash ass programs through it, right? They're problem oriented programs that are just giving you more of the problem. Doesn't this make sense? I mean, how long have you been thinking about your weight, but you're always thinking about the problem and you put almost no energy into the solution. And so a simple way to go from the problem to the solution is to stop asking the why questions, what's wrong with me? into how can I be the person I want to be? That's the magic question, you know? Um, that's what changes everything. So yeah, I'm glad, Paula. I'm glad that that's helped you change because that's a huge difference. Why suffering from bullying in my family home triggers me to binge like a beast every night? Oh yeah, Stone, I get it, right? So it's like, listen, all I believe that pretty much all weight issues come down to emotions. All, they come down to emotional eating. And so, I mean, why suffering from bullying? Because you feel like absolute shit and the food is a way to get back at people, to distract yourself from the shitty emotions, to feel better for a moment, all of those things, you know? So again, you have got to learn how to deal with your emotions if you're ever gonna be able to live, live as a thin and healthy person, you know? I was talking, Paula knows, I was talking about this yesterday for like a half hour in the, in the call because that, that's the core of me. It's, it's not it's not knowing what to eat, folks. I had a person yesterday on the live, they go, I don't hear much about nutrition and eating good foods from you. Well, yeah, because you already fucking know that. <laughs> you already know you're supposed to eat good foods. Do you really want me to sit here and tell you about what you should eat? You can't be serious. <laughs> you cannot think that the reason you're struggling with your weight is that you don't know what you should and shouldn't eat. That cannot be what you're thinking at this point, right? It's way more than that. You know what you should eat. The question is, are you going to eat it or not? That's the real question. And what does that come down to? Look at your eating in your own life. When you make good, healthy food choices versus when you don't, what's the difference? Is it the knowledge about knowing which one's good or bad? Or is it how you feel? In one moment, you're feeling calm, relaxed, focused on your health, feeling good, focused, optimistic, and you make the right food choice. The other one, you're stressed, you're frustrated, you feel stressed out, you just kind of fight with your, your boss and your partner. And now you get in front of the face, fuck it, I don't care. I don't give a shit what I eat. Is that not what's driving your behaviors? You know, and we have no way to control them. So yeah, Stone, I mean, it's just like, again, I'm sorry you're dealing with that. Um, but what's happening is you're feeling terrible and then you're using the food to reduce the feelings, right? So you feel terrible and the food makes you feel a little bit better for a moment, you know? It's not a real cure, okay, folks? You gotta understand that. The emotional eating, um, you know, I don't want you to just stop. You need to understand it. But the food, the, the emotions you think you're getting from food, a lot of times it's an illusion. And a lot of times the emotions you think you're getting from food are actually not true at all. It's actually making it worse. People that relax with food, for example, or de-stress especially, right? You're stressed out and you eat food to kind of relax um, and de-stress. That ain't de-stressing you. It is for that five, 10, 20 minutes you're eating and then it's adding more to the stress, you know? So it's important to recognize that. 
Um, Heather says, why, 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 why? So true. Yeah, it is, right? It's just the whys. Oh, my goodness. Why ourselves into a, a mess? James says, how do you get back on the bicycle of getting healthier after falling off? Okay, so James, I, I love that question, right? Because I always say the number one skill of weight mastery is the ability to get back on track quickly. Because so this takes it's just, it's I'm not just going to give you a technique. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a mindset shift. And it starts with how what you're even doing here. If you just think cuz most people dieters think they're going to start day 1 with their extreme plan and they're going to have a straight line of success to their goal weight. So what they're thinking subconsciously they're thinking I'm going to start day 1 and be perfect until I get to my goal weight. That's not what's going to happen. You're going to make mistakes. Of course you're going to make mistakes. If you could just magically be a different person starting tomorrow, you would already done it. You have to practice being thin and healthy and practice kind of implies there's going to be mistakes and growth and evolution. Okay. So the first step I would say like, yeah, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall off the thing. But what I like to say, I'll I'll make it real simple. Most dieters are all or nothing, right? You have an all or nothing mindset. And so you do everything perfect for a couple days and then you make a mistake and now you're doing nothing. And so I would suggest one of the biggest things you could do for yourself is to become all or something. So that, yeah, you'll be all sometimes, but then when you're not all, you're still doing something. So you're never completely off the wagon. You're never completely off track. You know, you're still doing some things with that. And that all or something strategy is so important because it's real. It's realistic. You're going to make mistakes. Um, Just like anything you want to get good at in life, you don't just start off being perfect with it. You start off making mistakes and you learn and grow from those mistakes. In the program, one of the things we say is that mistakes are your greatest teachers, you know? So we start to reduce our, our fear and our worry of making mistakes. Because you as a dieter, when you start your diet, subconsciously, you are absolutely terrified of the first mistake you make because, you know, as soon as you make a mistake, that's it, you know? And, and ironically, that stress, oh, thanks for the flower. Um, that stress of worrying about making a mistake makes it more likely to happen. That's the weird part of it. So in Program Yourself Thin, we, we relax and calm down. We know we're going to make mistakes. Literally, Program Yourself Thin, the core of the whole program is the, the Program Yourself Thin technique, which is the read rehearsal technique. It's the core of the program. You do this every night. It's a one, two-minute hypnosis technique you do to yourself. And the redo technique is you look over what you did during the day and you look for a mistake and you redo it. And it's so powerful because it allows you to learn and grow from your mistakes as opposed to what most dieters do. They just say, I'm never going to do that again. Or, oh, I'm a bad person. I shouldn't have made that mistake. What's wrong with you? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and that just reinforces it. So again, I, I think making mistakes is is a good thing because it implies that you're growing and you're doing something new and different. It, it's part of the process. You know, so again, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna give you the mindset solution. There's obviously other strategies, but I'm just gonna give you the mindset one for now. Um, Vivian says, listening to your knowledge of weight loss has helped me more than anything. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, Vivian. I know you're, yeah, you're, Vivian's doing great. And I, I love, because Vivian, and you always hear this, because I can always tell when people have either lost weight for a long period of time, or they are obviously working with me, you know, because they, 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 they talk differently and they, they frame everything differently. And or, you know, people that are successfully, you know, listening to the podcast and losing weight um, with this approach. They always have a different thing. And Vivian, you're one of them. Because I know when you, when you say things, um, I always love the way you frame things because I agree with that frame. <laughs> um, yeah, painful home life is the worst for a binge eater. Yeah, there's no doubt. It, it, it's really, it's a hard thing. So again, I am not, I'm not, I'm not saying, oh, it doesn't matter what your situation, come on, just push through it, just push through it. I'm not saying that, I want to be clear. There are difficult situations and if you have a hard home life, bad foods, bad environment, um, people triggering you emotionally, those are, those are really hard things. But, you always have to remember, I think this is the most important thing, 
again, so I'm, I'm, I'm empathetic to your situation. I acknowledge it, but I am not going to accept that because the environment sucks, because the, you know, um, well, it's just because the environment sucks that you can't change. That's a powerless belief. And so it's a harder road for you to walk, no doubt, but you can still change it. Okay. And so the way you do that is you keep on thinking, how can I deal with this? How can I deal? How do I want to respond to the bullying? How do I want to respond to my mom bringing all the sugary foods in? How do I want to respond to that? Now, at first you say, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. But if you keep asking that question, how do I want to respond to this? How can I respond in a better way? Thanks, Linda. Um, as you keep asking that question, you start developing new strategies to deal with that exact thing. It is not the environment that's the main dictator. Again, Viktor Frankl taught us this. If you don't know Viktor Frankl, he was a psychiatrist, a Jewish psychiatrist in Nazi Germany. Whole family went to a concentration camp, including him. And he wrote the book, in Search, Man's Search for Meaning. And um, it's a profound book. Everyone should read it because there's so many lessons in there. But I think the big overriding lesson is that the environment doesn't dictate how we feel on the inside. Even in the most extreme situation of a concentration camp, he realized that even in this environment, I can make some meaning to kind of get through the, the, the day in a better way. And so, again, we, we can't accept um, that the environment's going to control us. You know, we always have the... The environment is stimuli, and then there's this interpretation phase, and then there's the experience of it. And so we can reframe a lot of things. We can respond and react to things in new ways that are better, I'll say, better. Again, it's always going to be a challenge sounding like you're in this environment, but you can respond in better ways. And when you start responding in better ways, you're going to feel better. And then it's going to allow you to respond in more better ways, and then you can feel better. So it's, again, it's this process of growth, which, again, implies that what I'm talking about subconsciously all the time in program yourself, then we always focus on the 1% better strategy. The goal is to get 1% better a day. See, what most dieters are doing, they're trying to get 100% better tomorrow, right? It's, it's too overwhelming. It's, that doesn't work at anything. And so 1% better a day, though, holy shit, that's the secret sauce. Because when you get 1% better a day, at the end of the year, you're not 365% better. You're exponentially better because each percent gets better on the, the ones before it. So again, I acknowledge your challenges um, in those tough situations, but you can still make it better even, even doing that. I somehow am 10 pounds more this January than I was last January. I don't know how. Yeah, Sophie, I know that sucks. And again, I do extra lives and I kind of stand extra long because I know January for a lot of people, I love I loved January because it's it's finally a time when you start thinking in a year time frame with your weight loss, you know? How did it happen? You know, that's what happens with people. You know, weight doesn't typically come on you know, 20 pounds in a year, you know, usually come, come on a little bit at a time, even 10 pounds, a little bit of an outlier necessarily. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. It'd be interesting talking to you to figure out why that is. Um, let's see here. Um, Danny says that makes sense. I plan to start weaning from nursing my baby, but I'm scared of weight gain. Any tips? Um, yeah, I get it. I get it. I, here's the first tip I would have for you. And I know it's a little bit unsatisfying. So I'm going to just tell you something. But um, the first thing I want to look for is I don't, we don't want to be scared. Okay. Don't be scared because when we get scared, when we get anxious, um, we, we're not thinking as clearly. Okay. And so the first thing I would suggest is, is relax, right? You plan to start weaning from nursing my baby. How can I stay, you know, how can I control my weight while I go through that process? So this kind of goes back to what I was saying. 
our brains naturally kind of go towards the problem. We all have a negativity bias. We've all evolved to have a negativity bias. The negative stuff impacts us more than positive stuff. That's just a fact for every human on the planet. And so now you're, you're weaning um, from nursing the baby. And so your brain goes, oh shit, I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out about putting weight on, right? But as soon as you're freaking out or you're scared or you're nervous or you're anxious, you're in a less resourceful state. You're not as creative, you're not as wise, you're not as aware and intuitive. Okay, so the first thing I suggest is again, let's focus on the solution. I'm looking forward to, to if you're looking forward, I plan on, let's just keep it that way. I plan to start weaning my baby. How can I still stay in control of my weight while I do that? And, and I don't know what the answer will be for you because this is why I don't just give general answers, right? Because everyone's answer is gonna be a little different. All the solutions you're using really ought to be customized to you folks, I hope. You know, you need to create a one-of-a-kind plan for yourself. That's another bullshit the diet's done. There's this idea that there's a one-size-fits-all plan. There's not. So, Danny, begin asking the question. Relax and begin asking the question, I, I plan to start weaning. How can I still stay in control of my weight? Now, I don't know because, again, like if I was talking to you, you'd say, oh, well, then I got to watch out for this. Or, again, I don't know what your eating behaviors are, but that's where, the, where that question is going to lead to. Um, what, what is the difference, you know, between when you're weaning and when you're not? in terms of your weight and how can you mitigate that when you stop weaning or stop, stop um, nursing, you know? Um, Heather says, please tell me how to see the free videos. Okay, you're on Instagram. I think you can go to my bio too. If you go to my bio, um, TikTok's like this, Instagram I believe is like this. You can go to my bio, click the link and then get the hypnosis session. You fill out like five questions um, so I can customize the session for you. Then I bring you to a page where you can watch the training um, the, the videos you're, you're talking about. Yeah, it's a 30 minute video, but it's so good, I, I think. But even if you don't like it, it's free, who cares? But at the very least, it'll, um, you know, if I'm saying anything that's kind of like resonating with you, it's just a lot more of that in a systematic form. Here I'm kind of bebopping all over the place, but um, the, the training is kind of, and, and it'll help you, you know? Um, but if you can't, if, if, if whatever you can't get to the bio, you can go to programyourselfthin.com. It's all one word program yourself thin. Dot com, and um, you'll, you'll see the header. Go to free hypnosis session on that. Click it and then opt in and, and there you go. You'll, you'll be there. Um, Bonnie says, so true that happened to me. I have a whole closet full of clothes that don't fit. Yeah, that sucks, right? Again, it, it's, it sucks. This is what I'm trying to say. It's the emotions. You already know this to some degree. I mean, you know like, oh, being overweight sucks. I don't like how it feels. I get that. Um, yeah, Heather says it was blowing my mind. I'm glad, Heather. Yeah, if you watch the training, then I think you'll be really, you're really shocked. And then again, if you're... Um, you know, if you're really if you're really blown away, you know, join the program and work with me. You know, because uh, that, that's the probably the biggest thing you can do for your weight, to be honest. Um, that's so true about motivation. Yep, absolutely. So if I'm okay with you saying that's because it's true, I could want to speak Spanish and daydream about it. But if I don't take lessons, I'm not motivated. Fair enough. Yeah. So if I, thank you very much. I, that's a great a great analogy. I love analogies so much. That's a great one. Yeah. 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 We we. That I, I, people don't like this, and, and you may not like when I say this, but I think it's clarifying, and so I think it's a good thing. But it's like if you're not losing weight, like if all you do is think about it, you're not losing weight, it's because you don't want to lose weight, right? You wish you'd lose weight. I'm not saying you don't wish you'd lose weight. You think about wishing, you, you fantasize about losing weight all the time, but it's really just a fantasy. And what you actually want to do is you want to keep eating and living the way you're eating and living more than you want to lose the weight. You're a human being. If you reduce your calories over time, your weight's going to go down. I don't give a shit if you got slow metabolism, insulin resistance, Hashimoto's, any of it. That's what's going to happen. If you reduce your calories, your weight's going to go down. It might take you a little longer than other people, but your weight's going to go down. 
That's that. And so if you're not losing weight, it's because you don't want to do the things that make you lose weight as much as you want to eat the food and live the way you're living. I don't, I don't know. And I know some people get very offended by that, but I'm, you know, if you don't believe that, then you get lost in this, this maze of bullshit that you create for yourself and you get very confused, you know, and that happens all the time with weight loss, you know, but once you get crystal clear, then you, you regain your power. And now you can begin to walk the path of, of getting the results you want. So I agree. So that's a great point. Um, Chuck, what's up, Chuck? Got to ask better questions. Yeah, absolutely. Always working on the questions. Always working. On, I'm always doing that. Um, your Most of your thinking is in response to questions that you're asking that you don't even realize you're asking. You, you habitually ask the same questions, but those questions are all problem oriented. You're habitually asking questions like, what's wrong with me? How come I can't stick to a plan? Why can't I lose the weight? It's questions like that. And then you have, so it's like you ask that question for 10 seconds and then you come up with the answers to that question for 10 hours. That, that, that's, and that's the mental program that's keeping you stuck overweight. Once you change that, you start acting differently and then you weigh differently. <laughs> it's that simple. Um, what's up, Karen? I'm late, but here. I was late anyway, so you didn't miss too much. I, I got a late start today. Um, had a busy day. God, you seriously are the only professional I've listened to that gets it and puts it into words. Thank you, Neely. I appreciate you saying that. I feel that way every day. I'm not going to lie. Uh, again, I, I always I always say that's my oath. Um, I always joke, right, that doctors take the Hippocratic oath. I take the no bullshit oath. I, I Luckily, oh God, this is the best part of my life is that I um, the way my business is set up, I can get on here and just be honest with you guys. I can tell you real stuff that no one's telling you because I'm not selling you anything. I got a program. You know what I mean? You can work with me, but I don't give a shit if you do it or not. <laughs> I, I, if, you, if you like it, you want to work with me, cool. But if you don't, I don't give a shit. So I can just say whatever I want to say. And I think that's very freeing, um, especially in the weight loss industry, which is total bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it's like the biggest bullshit industry on the planet. But anyways, then the flip side of that is that what the weight industry really comes down to on top of that, and a lot of good people, there's a lot of good people in it. But I think the problem comes down to this in the weight loss industry in a nutshell, is that literally everything you've done when it comes to weight, it's always someone telling you what to do. It's always someone telling you how to eat, how to exercise, how to structure your eating, how to, you know, what to do. Then do this, do this, do this, do this, and you're going to lose the weight, right? But then it's left up to you to get yourself to do it. And you don't know how to do that. You don't know how to change your behavior. You don't know how to change how you feel. You don't know how to change how you think. And so, you know, you, I always break it down like this. You, you've, you got conceptual knowledge coming out of your ears. <laughs> You've got conceptual knowledge about how to lose weight coming out of your ears, but you have very little behavioral knowledge of how to be a thin and healthy person. And so everyone's telling you what to do and no one's showing you how to get yourself to do it. And I think that's, if I had to describe it, I think that's the biggest distinction that, that I, I hang my hat on. I'm, I'm proud of that because I think that's what really is the big distinction for you. I, I don't think you need to learn anything else about nutrition. I think you know everything you need to know about nutrition to lose weight is what I think. Now, listen, you can always learn more about nutrition and optimize it. So I mean, there's always more to learn in that sense. But what I am saying is I have never met a person who doesn't know enough about what they should and shouldn't eat to start losing weight. It's the fact that they do not know how to get themselves to do it. And I bet you would fall right into that category, you know, and no one's teaching you this. Why? Because the diet industry don't want you to lose weight. What? What are you talking about, Jim? I'm talking about this, that I think all the diets that you're subconsciously referencing for how to lose weight are all owned by the food companies. Did you know <laughs> that Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz, that Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle, that Atkins Food Products was owned by the same company that owns Onions Pretzels and Cinnabon, 
that Slim Fast is owned by the same company as Ben and Jerry's. So the people you're trusting to help you lose weight, do they really want you to lose weight? Do you really think that those companies want you to eat less of their bullshit? Do you? Because I don't. And so that's why I think people keep doing diets because what's a diet? They're just telling you what to eat. There's never a mindset component. You never even think about mindset, right? The only time, the closest you get to mindset now is the fucking food noise, right? Why? Because they're going to sell some bullshit with it, you know? So again, yeah, I sell a program. I don't, I have no problem saying that, but I, I give more away for free than anyone as far as I know, you know? And I got more shit coming for you. So that's another thing. Actually, you should get on my email list as well because I'm doing a training this weekend, the new body design workshop. One of my favorite. Been doing this one for years. Right? Do it for free. It's free, folks. Okay? I'm going to help you one way or the other. I, I, you know, so so if you get on my email list, you'll, you'll get the email for it and you can get get there. But thanks. I, I appreciate you saying that, say that, Neil. I appreciate that so much. I'm going to screenshot it because uh, that really is... I, lo- I love people's weight loss success stories too, but I, but I like when people get get what I'm... I'm doing here a little differently because that's why it's helpful. You know what I mean? I'm not just another person telling you how you should eat. What's up, Justina? Good evening. Good evening. You must be somewhere somewhere different than I am. I like that idea, Bonnie says. Good. Um, how do you reverse insulin resistance? Yeah, great question, Linda. Let's talk about that for a second. So I, I'm going to just describe... Let's talk about insulin for a second because I find this to be fascinating that... Um, most, <laughs> the majority of the country at this point is type two diabetic or pre-diabetic. And I think there's not a lot of general understanding of how diabetes works. I think that's intentional, you know? Um, I think one of the things you have to understand is that the food companies are always trying to minimize the effects of what the food's doing to us, you know? You know what the number one cause of preventable death is at this point in time, do you? Do you know that? The number one cause of preventable death at this moment? What we're eating, our weight, you know? So, you know, this isn't just about looking better in a bathing suit. I hope. I hope, you, I hope your desire to want to live longer and, and have more time with your family and the people you love is more important to you than just wearing a bathing suit at the beach. Because um, you'll get better results and it feels better. All right. But, um, so insulin resistance. Let's talk about that. So what's insulin resistance? Um, we need to understand insulin, right? And to understand insulin, we need to understand glucose. So pretty much everything you eat turns into glucose. You know, it bre- breaks down into glucose, goes into our blood, and we- all of the cells of our body can use the glucose for energy, okay? And so the glucose um, goes into our blood, but too much glucose is inflammatory and toxic, okay? So once we get a spike of glucose, now, what what's glucose, um, if we eat sugar... Right? If, we, if we just eat a packet of sugar, that's going to be really fast, a fast glucose spike, right? Because it's just a powder. And so it's absorbed very quickly. If we eat flour, again, it's just a powder. It's absorbed very quickly, right? We eat um, some fruit. We eat some, you know, some vegetables. That's a slower release of glucose into our blood because it's binded to the fiber, all right? So if we eat baked goods, um, sugary with flour in them, our glucose levels spike very quickly. And this is an unnatural thing, by the way. It's not normal to spike our glucose levels. If I dropped you off in the woods, you wouldn't be able to spike your glucose levels, right? Um, because there's nothing there to spike them. So this is a new, a modern thing that we're able to do this. And so we spike our glucose levels and it's toxic and inflammatory. So our body, when we do that, our pancreas releases insulin. And the insulin, you should think of it like a key that unlocks a door. And the door it's unlocking is the door to your cells. And so it opens the door to your cells and pushes the glucose into the cell so that the cell can use it or store it to use it later. All right. And so what happens is, again, as I said, glucose spikes are unnatural. 
you know, short of running into a beehive and, and, and you know, eating all the honey, um, or running across like a berry patch or something, it, it's unnatural to spike our glucose levels. Because again, if we eat fiberful foods, natural foods, the release of glucose is a lot more, it's slower. And so it's a slower absorption rate and slower, you know, release of glucose. So we spike our glucose levels and then we spike our insulin levels because our body's not good at measuring insulin re re release because we're not used to, we haven't evolved in any environment where we have glucose spikes. And so now what ends up happening is we spike our glucose, then we spike our insulin. And now what happens is the insulin clears out the glucose to an extreme level. Now, guess what? You're hungry and tired. So guess what? You start eating again, you spike the glucose levels again, and you spike the insulin levels. And you can do this six, seven times a day, right? And it's overwhelming to the system. Because what ends up happening is, you know, that key, we keep using the key and the lock to open up the doors. Eventually the key starts to get worn, the lock starts to get worn. You know, we, we develop a resistance to it. And so now all of a sudden our cells aren't as good as, you know, uptaking the glucose. You know, now we get resistant to it. Which by the way, is what all these, these drugs are doing. You know, all, all the semaglutides are doing is they were designed to help your pancreas, which gets to a point, because what happens, right? When you get resistant to the insulin, now what happens, your pancreas has to create more it has to create more insulin to clear the same amount of glucose out, you see? So first the cells get resistant and now you need more insulin and now the pancreas starts to get spent, right? And so these drugs were meant to help the pancreas cells create even more insulin. It's not a real solution, folks. You know what I mean? It's another Band-Aid on the core problem. That's what I'm trying to say. If you really wanna fix your insulin resistance, it's not by putting more insulin into your body, it's going right to the source of the problem, which is to lower the glucose spikes, which is by eating less foods that spike our glucose and more foods that have a slower absorption of glucose, you see? So that's how we kind of reverse insulin resistance is we clean up our diet. We eat less, um, again, you can look at the glycemic in index. And so we eat less foods that spike insulin or spike glucose and ultimately insulin levels. And we eat more foods that have a slower release. And so that's kind of how you do it. That's the, the core of it, eating wise. And then lifestyle wise, um, sleep, hydration, relaxation, better breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude. All of these things, all of these things help your insulin resistance. So again, we want to have an eating strategy and a lifestyle strategy to deal with the insulin. And you can reverse it a lot of times, right? Um, oh, <laughs> Sophie said, I'm really sorry, but I just come across one of your videos and it's wibbly wobbly. I don't know why. I'm so, f it's funny you say that because I saw that video yesterday. I posted the video and someone's like, what, what the hell's wrong with your eyebrows? I was like, what? And I looked at it and it's, it's so weird. It almost looks like a filter. It's like, they're, they're literally just here. It's like, it's like wobbly and stuff. It, it's really funny. I don't know what that is. Oh, I do know, I know what it is. I, um, when I do these videos, I, like I, I use a, a, a service that streams them out to all the, the services and sometimes it just acts a little funny. But yeah, that's a funny video if, if y'all want to see it. I, I posted yesterday, it's got like, I forget which one it even was, but it's so funny. Yeah, well, it's, it was funny watching that. So I don't know what's going on with that either, but hopefully this one won't do it. <laughs> uh, Ebony, what should I do if I'm at a plateau? Yeah, if you're at a plateau, what you want to do is you want to practice your maintenance. You know, I don't know how you've been in it long you've been in a plateau for, but... What I suggest is as soon as you hit a plateau, what you do is you go to maintenance mode, okay? And what that means is not that you start cutting more calories right away, because you don't know. Sometimes your body just needs to adjust, and if you keep things the same for a week or two or three, you'll start losing weight again. Um, but during that time, what you want to do is you want to start optimizing what you're doing, making the foods easier to make, making them more enjoyable, um, 
you know, or kind of like, like, again, whatever you're doing that, you, whatever you've been doing to lose the weight, focus on how you can do that at a better level, making the food, like, again, strategizing, how can I, I don't know, say this gets a little, I don't, I don't know. It's funny. Cause I know like, like the idea of a plateau is so scary to a dieter because you just want that straight line of, of, of weight loss, you know? And as soon as you hit a, a plateau, it's like, Oh no, you know, but again, remember your goal is to get to the ultimate plateau. You know, you got to be careful of that too, because what most dieters do is they trade the pleasure of the food for the pleasure of the scale going down. And then they finally get to their goal weight. And now they got no pleasure, you know? So you got to realize there's got to be more to your motivation than just watching the scale go down. If not, what are you going to do when the scale stops going down? You're just going to be partying it at your goal weight. You should think, you know? So again, it, it's, you have to look at, there's the process and the outcome. And so when you hit a plateau, you're not sure if it's just your body adjusting and everything will be fine in a couple of weeks, or you need to change something. And so during that time, when you're letting your body kind of adjust and see which one it is, that's when you're like, whatever your strat, whatever your meal planning, whatever you're doing to eat, you make it easier. Maybe you start meal planning better. Um, maybe you, you know, you were eating something, but you, you optimize it, make it easier to make, or you make it tastier. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of ways to kind of strategically work on plateaus, but you want to start thinking, well, okay, I'm going to practice my maintenance here. You know, it's no big deal if you're in plateau for a little while. Um, Mina says, absolutely right. Hello from Greece. Oh, Hey Mina, how you doing? I, I got a, one of my favorite clients is from Greece. Um, yeah. So I wish I was in Greece right now. <laughs> you're not answering my questions. Uh, I did. I just answered it. Right. Didn't I? Justina, you, I didn't ask to answer that. If I didn't, I thought I answered yours, but if I didn't just ask it again, I'll get to it now. Sometimes I miss these questions. TikTok changed the way these questions show up so it's harder to see them. No, I answered. Oh, no, I didn't answer. I don't know what your question was, actually. But just ask it one more time. I'm not, I'm not intentionally avoiding it. I just didn't see it. Melissa, what's going on? On TikTok, you know, it's funny. I, I, I kept meaning, I keep meaning to say, I just kept forgetting to do it. I saw you wrote something on um, Instagram one time. I was doing a live um, and I didn't even see it. You know, I just started like, I'm streaming right now to like all those things. And I was streaming to Instagram and uh, I, I couldn't see the comments. So until afterwards, and I saw, I saw you there and I, I meant to write to you and just say, hi, I don't want you to think I was ignoring you. So I'm glad to see you're here though. But on TikTok, all right, build up the TikTok thing. I'm trying to build up Instagram thing a little bit. Gene uh, says, I love your emails. Yeah, folks, you hear that? Go get the emails. Go to my bio. If you're on TikTok, click, keep, I think I clicked two times. <laughs> two, two little taps with your fingers and you're right to the link. And then just you answer four or five questions. And now you got a free hypnosis session, a free training. And I email you every day positive stuff. You know, the other thing you do, by the way, is just hit the old like buttons too. That burns calories. You know, it burns calories and it helps me uh, get, get around uh, to more people. So, what's up, Don? How's it going? Do it twice a day and finally understand understand the hunger. Understand hunger. Yeah, 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 for sure. Understand hunger is so important. Nippy Zippy, all right. I've been on a plateau for four months, but I'm growing muscle. I'm stronger with the training. See, now Nippy Zippy, that's a great, uh, anyone who might be in a plateau at some point, listen to that, right? Nippy Zippy's got a wonderful attitude, you know? They've been listening to me for a while, you know? And so again, they're approaching things with this new mindset-based approach. And so when the plateau hits, they're, they're prepared for it. You know, they're, they're ready for it. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Plateaus aren't a problem, folks. You know, again, plateaus are a problem and the only thing that matters is getting to your goal weight. Plateaus aren't a problem when you realize the goal is to get to my goal weight and live the rest of my life there on near autopilot. That's my goal. And then all of a sudden, who gives a shit? Who gives a shit if you're in a plateau? Who gives a shit? Doesn't matter. Because guess what, folks? You're aiming at a plateau. I've been at a plateau for 30 years. I won blip 12 years ago. I'm at a plateau. So what's that mean? It means my motivation isn't coming from weight loss. It's coming from being this person I am now. 
You say, oh, yeah, Jim, well, when I get to my goal weight, I'll be motivated too. Well, then why did 95% of people put the weight back on? How do you answer that? You know? You gotta look at things a little differently, you know? Good job, Nippy Zippy, though. I'm proud of you. That's awesome. See, because what did Nippy Zippy do? They changed their focus, you know? And so now you've been focused on growing muscle, and so it's a different focus of evolution and growth. And now you're even four months into it, so if you choose you want to go back to losing weight, now you can more strategically figure out what you want to do. Do you see what I mean? So when we hit a plateau, instead of freaking out, we start to optimize what we've been doing to lose the weight. We make our, ourselves better at it. We make it easier for ourselves, more enjoyable for ourselves. And then we maintain that for a month. And we say, okay, did I start losing weight? No? Okay, now I can look at my structured plan of what I've been doing and I can strategically pick where's the easiest place to cut some calories out. And I'm going to do that now. I'm going to cut those out and then we start losing again. You know, completely different approach. All right. All right, well, I'm going to get out of here. Got a lot of work to do today. Um, thank you. Yeah, the inches are coming off, just not the weight. Yeah, that's fine too, right? Again, it's not about... The weight is a bit of an arbitrary measurement, um, <clears throat> especially especially if you're in a, a, a body um, recomp recomposition. You know what I mean? That's like one of the hardest things to do. That's harder than weight loss. So um, during that transformation where you, where you are building muscle, um, yeah, you, you, you gotta make the weight, now it becomes less important at the least. And um, there's other things gotta take the, the place of that because if you're trying to lose weight and simultaneously gain muscle, Right, you're saying these conflicting messages, these conflicting goals, and um, yeah, watch out for that. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, again, if you have not, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, watch the training I give you. Um, and you'll be on my email list because we're doing a, I'm doing a live training this um, Sunday, uh, New Body Design Workshop. It's one of my favorites. So that's a great way. Because listen, the new year starts next Monday, okay? So I don't care if you've been doing great, great, okay? Great, you keep doing what you're doing. But if you wanted to start 2025 and lose weight and all the rest of it, it hasn't happened because again, last week's a kick it, it it's a hard one because you're gonna start Monday, right? You always start your plan on Monday, but you couldn't start last Monday because it was still the holiday. You couldn't, and then you try, you wanted to start Tuesday, but you just, you're not used to doing it on Tuesday and that didn't work. But okay, the real we the real year starts this Monday coming up. So get on the call um, on Sunday, and we'll get you real motivated, right? Let's get clear on what your goal is, okay? And so go to go either to my bio, click that link, get in there, or go to program yourself. Then sign up for the hypnosis session, and that'll automatically sign up for email list, and I'll send you the the links for that. Um, if you want to watch the podcast, the podcast is program yourself. Then do these every day, right? Every day we're here live. Um, Usually noon. <laughs> That's what I'm aiming for. This week's been a little little tough, but it's a re-entry week. That's all right. Um, but I'm usually here noonish. So if you have questions, you know, pop in and, and ask them. All right, I'll help you out. And um, yeah, that's everything. All right, everyone, have a super day, and we'll talk soon. Bye.